Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Amen. And as a shepherd, I am going to be the shepherd to guide you through making sure that you have a marriage that is sustainable and relationships that are sustainable. Now, how many are glad you came to church today? Amen, amen, amen. So don't miss next week. All right, five ways to preserve real love in your marriage. Number one, speak their language. Not a lot of people writing things down at the moment. I'm telling you, you need these points. Speak their language. John 13, 34 in the the NIV says this, a new command. Everybody say new command. Now, now, this is God back, this is Jesus giving a new command to the people in in a group that he was standing in front of. And today, it may seem like a new command based on culture that we are all surrounded by. So it may sound kind of weird today, but he said this, a new command I give you, love one another. How? As I have loved you, so you must not an option, must love one another. Years ago, a man by the name of Gary Chapman wrote a book entitled The Five Love Languages. Anybody ever heard of that book? I always encourage uh, those that I'm going to be performing or facilitating their, their wedding um, to prior to go in and, and get that book. You can get it on Amazon, hardback, paperback, whatever. It is, it, 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 I'm telling you, it will, it will do wonders for your marriage. Not because you read information, but what you do with the information that you read. It's just like this message today. It, it may contain some really cool things and some great information, but unless you do something with what you've heard today, you will continue to have the same relationships you have. I didn't think that would go over very well, but that's okay. Because the truth is, love should be the foundation of every marriage. The problem is, we get married, and because every single one of us has a way of of expressing love differently, if we're not expressing, if we're not expressing the love language that our spouse or expressing it in a way that our spouse understands it won't be long and we'll be in a marriage or in a relationship where we begin to feel unloved just because i say i love you if i'm not if i'm not speaking her love language and this hit me not long ago if i'm not even though she understands the words i love you if she doesn't understand the words that are coming out of my mouth Oh, and I've also learned that tone is, says a lot, too. <laughs> and your tone, it don't matter. Baby, I love you. Sounds like y'all just had an argument and you're trying to prove a point. But, but see, there's something about your tone and the volume. I'm learning this every day. <laughs> I have great coaches in my house. Sorry, I got a little choked up right there. I need to clear my throat. <laughs> so what are the five love languages? 
Here they are. And I think they'll be on the screen. You can take a picture of this. But this is what's going to come out of the book, but in great, greater detail. <clears throat> Five love languages. Every single person in here has one of these as your, as your highest, and then there may be one underneath it. And typically, the way you communicate it is going to be completely different than the way your spouse communicates it, and there's where the trouble enters the relationship. Number one, words of affirmation. That is a person who says, I feel the most loved when you simply tell me that you love me, when you tell me I'm good at something, when you encourage me. That's words of affirmation. Number two, acts of service. If you're that person, you say, talk is cheap. Don't tell me that you love me. Show me. Do something for me if you want me to feel loved. Is some of this starting to click? Receiving gifts. I don't want to hear you love me. I really, I, I, if you really love me, buy me something. Husbands, look right at me. <laughs> Receiving gifts. Number four, it's quality time. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want you to do chores. I don't care about the fact that you've mowed the grass, washed the dishes, cleaned the house. As a matter of fact, I want you to stop doing chores. And I wish that you'd put your phone down and just be with me for a minute. Let me move right on. This is my favorite. It's my number one, as if anybody would be surprised. Physical touch. That person says, we can be together for four hours, but if you don't sit, ne- if, you, if, you're, if we can be together in the same room, sitting on the couch. This happened not too long ago in our house because we got one of those big sectionals and I was on my side so I could lay out and be comfortable and she was on her side and, be, and I looked down the couch and hello down there, down there, down there. I was like, babe, something's wrong with this picture. That's the person who says, hey, you, if you're not sitting next to me on the couch and rubbing my bald head, look, I can be having the worst day. All she has to do is put her fingertips on this spot right here. And I'm like a cat. <laughs> is it true or not true? Man, when, my, when my girls were younger, when Caitlin and Taryn and Ansley Grace were younger, we go on road trips and they know I would hold Skittles behind the seat as we're driving down to give them candy, and they knew what that meant, rub daddy's head. (laughs) She didn't care about Skittles anymore. So, listen, this is critically important to sustaining and preserving love in your marriage because it's possible for one person in the marriage to be trying to tell the other person, I love you, and the other person isn't getting it at all. I'll give you an example. This is when all of this really started beginning to make sense to me. Not long ago, Amy was in the middle of working on her doctorate, which she has completed, thank you, Jesus. And she had just taken over being the principal at, at the elementary school. And um, her time at the school was, was, was really, I don't want to, what's the right word? I've I, I got to choose my words correctly. She had to spend a lot, I, mean, I wasn't trying to dance around it. She had to spend a lot of time, more than normal, at, 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 at the job. And I'll never forget, basically being a principal it was, it was very demanding of her time. And I'll never forget one day she came home and she just said, I just feel disconnected from you. Do you love me? Now, 
Y'all can't be doing them sound effects. Y'all already know. I'm going to be like, <laughs> say I had to insert some humor right there to get it back. Okay. Um, sure. I remember when she said it, I was like, that was the day that I cleaned the house. I'm not talking about to sweep the floors, guys. I'm talking about I got all my hands and knees, cleaned the toilet, dude. I mean, like top to bottom, the whole house, cleaned it. Washed and folded, dried, all in that order, right? Washed, folded, and dried. No, washed, dried, and folded her clothes. I did all this stuff. I, I, I made sure I mowed the grass. I cleaned the pool. I just wanted everything to be just right when she came home because that was my way of telling her that I love her because, like, she's been busy and, she, and I had dinner prepared and everything. And she walks in going, I just don't feel loved. And I'm like, Let's walk outside, look at the grass, look at the lines, take a dip in the pool, right? Well, that's because, yes, my number one is physical touch. My number two is acts of service. I get that from in my DNA because of my dad. That was mine. Actually, physical touch and acts of service are probably neck and neck. And that's the way that I was, but she wasn't hearing it. You know why? Because that's not her love language. And you wonder why things are a little sparky or frictiony in your marriage. You, guys, you got to learn to speak her love language. It's taken me 21 to three years, 23 years? See, I have a birthday coming up and I'll be 49. So anytime I start thinking about numbers, it just puts pressure on my brain. So I'm going to come up short. 23 amazing years, almost. <laughs> I got to keep moving. I always tell her, give me, give me some side tips from the, from the sidelines over there. Just let me flow with whatever years it was, okay? We can talk about it later. I'm just kidding. You know what that made me feel that day? Very frustrated. Frustrated. Because I'm like, surely when she drives up, she's going to notice. It's like the other day. Five days later, after I mowed the grass, she said, it just popped in there, babe. I'm sorry. She said, hey, did you mow the grass? I was like, five days ago. <laughs> Is it not true? It's so funny. You know what? Because that's, that, that's, not, that's not bad. That's just not, how, that's not her love language. And see, it would just be like if, if when we started dating many years ago, if she spoke Spanish and I spoke English, but we, th this is the truth, and I never learned to talk how she, and there are, there are people who speak, who have um, spouses from, from different um, areas, who have different languages. I, it would have been very detrimental to me if I wanted to put a ring on it that I learned her language. The same is true. I don't know how I can make it plain, so I'm just going to move on. The truth is, if you're married, ever been married, or, or been in any type of a relationship, you've experienced this exact same thing. So married couples, what you got to do is start having real conversations with your spouse and ask them this question. Are you ready? Here it is. What can I do that makes you feel loved by me? Somebody's like, what's this got to do with Jesus? Everything. This is where we equip the saints. What can I do that makes you feel loved by me? And then take notes, write it down, and then be intentional to do that. 
Whatever it is, be intentional about it. Where's all my married couples again? Nine times out of ten, the person sitting next to you, if your spouse is in the room, does not speak the same language that you do. And it's important that we begin to get this right. Because, yes, the enemy is after your marriages, our marriages. <laughs> Let me include myself in there. The enemy is after to destroy the homes. But if we don't do what the word says, we make his job that much easier. It's true. Number two. So speak their language. Number two, speak life. Did you know that we can change our marriages with the words that we speak? Let me involve everybody. You can change the relationships that you're in by the words you speak and the tone that you speak them in. You can change every relationship by the words that you speak. Proverbs 18, 21 says this. The tongue has the power of life and death. Some of us say things so flippantly, and to us, it's no big deal. But the Bible tells us that every time you communicate with someone, you're either building them up or you're tearing them down. Every time. Like, Every relationship, every conversation that I have with her, it is either, and it may not be me where I'm having to give her an encouraging word. It could just be anything. But I'm either building her up or I'm tearing her down. We were eating at Chewy's last night. And for Ansley's birthday that's coming up, tomorrow. She ain't listening. And so... I, and we were we had a lot of people there so Amy was sitting down here and I was sitting at the head of the table and I looked down and I was like dang she looked I know you don't like but she looked so good you know what I did I sent her a text from the other end of the table babe you are so hot and I am so lucky y'all should try it sometime but like it wasn't a, it wasn't a game like it she caught my eyes like it was the first time at the call center at Intercall when she walked across the floor. And I was like, I got to get to know her. Y'all know her? Hook me up. True? Okay, move on. It's true. It's true. It, you encourage, you can either tear them up. I mean, tear, tear, build them up or tear them down. Basically, you can change the relationships with your words. Amen? Amen? All right. Keep moving, Pastor B. Let me say something that you may have already figured out as a married person or maybe somebody who's been married before or if you're single and you're looking to get married, let me tell you this. Write this down. Marriage won't fix your problems. It will only expose them. And I'm not talking about your problems in the relationship. I'm talking about your jacked upness. I'm talking about your insecurities. I hate to burst your bubble, but Jerry Maguire lied to you. He was wrong. Another person will not complete you. Sorry, it was Jerry Maguire, yes? Okay. Tom Cruise. Marriage will not fix your problem, but it will expose it. Single guys, if you have a lust problem, getting married won't fix that. You'll just be married with a lust problem. If you're insecure, you will... 
and you think that marrying that person would just automatically take care of all your insecurities. I'm speaking from experience. It will not happen. You'll just be married and still insecure. If you're selfish, oh my gosh. If you get married, it's only going to highlight the problem that you have, and that's you're selfish. And I promise it will be talked about frequently in your relationship. It will not fix the problem. Hear me. Nobody, nobody knows, and nobody, nobody knows my, 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 um, <laughs> my problems. Nobody knows my weaknesses like that lady right there. Nobody knows her weak spots, weaknesses, like me, and they shouldn't. Which means that nobody can speak life into her better than me. And nobody can speak life into me better than her. And when we allow that to happen to someone of the, of the opposite sex on our job, that's where problems come in. Because let's face it. We were born, man and woman were born with the, the desire to be loved and to be shown attention. And I'm here to tell you that if you're not showing your spouse attention, somebody else will. Nobody can speak life into you better than your spouse. Bottom line, you can change the way your spouse sees themselves by encouraging them. And you can change their level of confidence just by what you say. If you want to preserve real love in your marriage, you've got to learn to speak life. First Thessalonians, let me keep moving. Holy cow. First Thessalonians 5.11 says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. Nobody has to teach us how to tear somebody down. We do that naturally. Right? It takes an intentional, conscious effort, especially in difficult times, to choose to build someone up. Can we just talk about it? You don't feel like building somebody up when they didn't do something or, or, or respond the way that you felt they did. Most arguments in marriage happen because of unmet expectations. And the reason that they're unmet is because you didn't communicate about it, sir. Ma'am. Proverbs 10 11 says this, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. If your fountain has toxic, toxicity coming out, we need to check how righteous you are. That was not a condemnation or a a condemning statement, but it's true. Based on what it just said, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. But if what comes out of your mouth is toxic, then that means we need to talk about the condition of your soul. It all goes back to that. Okay, let me keep moving. Are y'all still here? I know I'm giving you some deep, deep stuff today. Proverbs 18, 21, 22 says this. I love it. I did this in the message translation. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Find a good spouse. You find a good life. And even more, the favor of God. I love what the writer is saying here. You want to have a good marriage? You want to have a good relationship? Choose to build them up with your words and you'll actually help them find the favor of God and your marriage will thrive. Question, 
How, how are you going to break a couple that follows those truths? That says, when the, when the couple says, sure, we got problems, but I choose to build you up. I choose to encourage you. I choose to push you closer to God. And then you've got the spouse on the other side going, you know what? You really ticked me off, but guess what? I'm going to choose to build you up. I'm going to choose to encourage you, and I'm going to choose to push you closer to God. When we start approaching our interactions with our spouse that, that, that the enemy is putting there to cause division, when we start addressing it going, you know what? Sure, that hurt, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you. I'm going to build you up, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to push you closer to God. Tell me what marriage that does that, that you're going to get that the enemy has any, any ground to stand. He has none. He has none. Speak their language, speak life. Number three, and then two more. Repent real fast. <laughs> I'm sorry, so sorry. She's like, you sing that all the time, babe. I know. James chapter 5, 16 says this. Confess your sins to each other and pray. We know this verse, but now that you actually see how you can insert it into your relationships. Again, not marriage, not just marriage. It says, confess your sins to, one, to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The reason that there can't be healing take place when there's been some, some, some things gone wrong or sideways in your marriage is because you're not willing to repent real fast. No, it's called making excuses. Then he goes on to say, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Basically, God is saying, if inside of a marriage, you would stop pretending that you never make a mistake, sir. Bradley, stop pretending that you're perfect. I know I'm not, but my actions and my attitude show different. Own it. Can I coach you up real fast? Here it is. Repenting and saying you're sorry to your spouse can't sound like this. You know, I'm really sorry that you took it that way. <laughs> Babe, I'm sorry that you misunderstood me. I've never said these words, right? I say, I'm going to point the finger at us and me instead of you. But I'm hoping that it's coming through. Okay. That's what you call a fake apology. It's saying the words, I'm sorry, but you're taking zero responsibility. <laughs> that type of apology definitely will not fix your marriage. A real apology looks like this. Hey, babe, I'm sorry for, and then fill in the blank. I was wrong for doing that. Will you forgive me? That's a real apology. This is what I did. I recognize it was wrong. I'm telling you that it was wrong. And I'm asking for your forgiveness. It's understanding what you did, accepting the fact that it was wrong, and taking responsibility. Hear me. The ability to say I'm sorry is going to have to be a part of your marriage. Let me say that again. You're gonna, if you don't have it, you need to learn the skill set of apologizing in your marriage if you're going to have real love in your marriage and it's going to persevere through anything. 
Drop the fake apologies. When you make a mistake, own it and repent real fast. Number four. So it was repent real fast and then it's forgive even faster. This, I'm going to put this in my suitcase for a later date in case you do this stupid stuff again. I'm going to pull it back out. And you drag. See, I should have had that suitcase with me today. That, am I talking to anybody? Yeah. Ephesians chapter 4, 31 and 32 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Let me help you with this. When somebody comes to you, especially your spouse, and they repent with a real apology, what has to take place in that moment is real forgiveness. Now, this is easier said than done. It's saying, I need to forgive because I've been forgiven of so much more. It's saying, sure, you screwed up, you hurt me, but how many times have I screwed up and hurt other people? And just because you think you live in a perfect world and you're a perfect person, I'm here to tell you, maybe you haven't screwed up and hurt somebody, but I guarantee you, as long as you're breathing air and your heart pumps and beats just like mine, you're going to screw up just like I do. I don't care who you are. You can live in that false narrative all day long. One day the reality is going to slap you right in the face. Just like there can be a fake apology, there can also be fake forgiveness. What is that? Fake forgiveness is I forgive you, but I guarantee I'm going to bring it up later. Oh, I forgive you, but you can count on me to bring it up in the future especially when we're in another fight I'm keeping my hands in my pockets y'all because I know I am treading on thin ice right now especially if I need to prove a point it's so easy for me to go back and talk about what you did I'm not going back I'm moving ahead I'm here to declare to you my past is over in you. Oh, things are made new. Surrender my life to Christ. I'm moving, moving forward. That's a song we used to do many, many years ago. And when you will, when you will, when you will surrender your life to Christ and get off your high horse, I promise you, your days will be so much sweeter. And you'll actually enjoy coming home to your spouse. What did we read at the beginning of this message? 1 Corinthians 13, 5. It keeps no record of wrong. What's that? It's called a choice. Love is a choice, not a feeling. Let me back that up. Because... We say I love you differently. I have to make the choice that my, my expression of love is going to be the way she can read it and she can understand it. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. The feelings happen when we were dating. 
Hey. Oh, that's next week. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. See. Feelings fade away. Bills make sure that happens. Other families make sure that happens. Kids coming along. Uh, uh, tr- yeah. Try, they don't realize it, but the enemy will use their sincerity to try to divide your home. Some of y'all need to stand up and let your kids know who actually runs the house. Too strong for you? Oh, write this down. If I'm actually going to forgive you, I have to relinquish my right to punish you. If I'm actually going to forgive someone, I have to relinquish my right to punish them. Bottom line, we must forgive even faster. Number five, y'all, it's, it's not even 12. I don't have any more points. I'm almost done. <laughs> Number five, lastly, stop hiding. Stop Hiding. Galatians 6 2 says this bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Here's what we do in marriage. And if we're honest, we do it in all of our relationships. But it definitely hurts the most and hurts marriages the most. We tend to hide our deepest defects. That's what I'm talking about, hiding. Got to stop hiding. Stop hiding your deepest defects. There is not anything about this defected individual that she does not know. There's defects you don't need to know. How we go on Facebook, we don't say, I'm a highly angry person. That would be showing our defect. But it's in what we say that we're, we're, we're showing people our defect. Does that make sense? The freedom we have just to post whatever, whenever, about whoever, and don't care. That's a defect. Stop putting your business on the street. Stop putting your drama and defects out for everybody else. Because I guarantee you they don't have your best interest at heart. And they will use that at a later date. Especially if it's somebody you work with and you get elevated above them and that ticks them off. They're going to use some of your past to bring it back and pull it down. Trust me. If you don't give them anything to talk about, let's give them something to talk about. No, let's don't. Let's don't give them something to talk about. We have good motives in doing this. I'm coming down. We have good motives for wanting to do it. Like, I don't want you to know 100% of my brokenness. I'm talking to spouses right here, right now. Because I understand in a dating relationship, you may not want to expose all that yet. But I'm telling you, with your spouse, you need to be 100% transparent. Oh, I, I'm cool sharing 80% of my flaws. But I got I to gotta, I keep some of this for myself because I don't want you to really know how bad off I am. I don't want you to know all my struggles. I don't want you to know about all my temptations. Why do we do it? 
because we're afraid that they won't respect us the same if they know the truth about who we are. One thing I can say about Amy and, and my relationship, she saw from the jump <laughs> that, I'm, I, that I was messed up. I mean, I'm still messed up, but I was really messed up then. Making all kinds of selfish decisions. That most people would have said, sayonara, peace, I'm out. I'm grateful, and I love you. Thanks for that. Okay, it's time to close this message. I'm just playing, I'm just playing with y'all. Listen, the problem with hiding your stuff, can I, just, can I just say this, just disclaimer, just disclaimer? The reason you see that is because I'm trying to display, because we don't have a perfect marriage. You may see a nice post on Instagram that people put comments about, wow, couple goals, y'all are amazing, rock star, when you, say, when you, you tell me that sometimes. Like, that, that stuff, I'm like, but you don't know what we were doing and the conversation we were having just prior to that picture. So when I get up here, yes, I, 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 I want to be transparent as much as y'all can handle because you can't handle all of it. But I do that not to put us on display, but so that you can be, it can be modeled for you how you can have a real relationship that accepts your faults and you still love each other. This marriage wasn't to go... I know all y'all got problems in your marriage. We're going to talk about it and wish y'all the best of luck. No, that's not what today was about. And all week long, I knew the direction we were going. And I'm like, they're going to be so mad that this is what they're hearing today. But I'm like, you know what? Shut up, devil. I'm going to obey God. Because somebody's marriage, if it's not but one, needs this information today. Do you know why we like hiding our stuff? And the problem with hiding our stuff, number one, we just read it in that last verse, because we're called to carry one another's burdens. Amy cannot carry the burden that I have if she doesn't know anything about it. Stop hiding it. And I can't help her carry her burdens if, if she doesn't communicate it to me. And when she's ready to communicate, guess what I got to do? I got to sit down, put my phone down, and I got to listen there may be a yard to be mowed, a pool to be cleaned, dishes in addition. But guess what, gentlemen, who's your love language is acts of service. Sometimes you need to add a sixth love language and listen. Whew, man, I get fired up at the end of the message. If we're hiding, it makes it impossible to carry one another's burdens if I'm hiding I can't be fully known and if I'm not fully known I can't be fully loved I came today to tell you that your marriage can go to a whole nother level when you're willing to say you know what I'm so imperfect but I'm just going to share all my imperfections with you and trust that you're going to love me and who I am anyway. Amen. That's a fortified marriage. If you do these things, and I'm done, 
If you do these things, I'm telling you, there is absolutely nothing that the enemy can put, that can try to insert into your marriage that can't be overcome. And let me say this, I say it often. There is absolutely nothing in a marriage that has happened in a negative way that is beyond repair. Nothing. The last time I remember saying that, I had somebody come up to me at the end of the, the message and shared some information with me. And I'm here today to tell you that marriage is reconciled. Because there is power. There is power in the truth of God's word. There is absolutely nothing that is beyond repair. When two people sacrifice their flesh because being together is most important. If you believe it, somebody give Jesus Christ a praise offering in this house. In closing, the steps that I just, the steps that I just shared with you, you can do it. You can do it. If you didn't take the time to write them down, It'll be on Facebook Live right after service. And it'll be on podcast by the end of the week. Or by Monday, Tuesday, something like that. I'm telling you. And maybe if I talk too fast and you miss some points, I'm telling you, if you will go back to these, they will change your relationships. Why was it so important to talk about something so sensitive? and private as our marriages because we need to make sure that we have real love in our marriages we need to make sure that we have real love in our relationships would you stand with me all over this building I want to pray for you worship team they're going to come and we're going to worship together one last song that I want to be able to meet you at the door but stay in worship with them Father, I thank you for every person in this room today. God, I thank you for every relationship, every marriage that is represented in this room. And God, I thank you that you have amazing plans and a future for their homes. God, I, I don't believe it's an accident that they are in this room today hearing this message. I believe somebody's, somebody's life, somebody's marriage has been made stronger today because of your word. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this house. I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of your people. And God, may we take this knowledge that we've heard today and start working on it this week. We understand it's not an overnight thing because we're just that messed up. But God, we're gonna be patient through the process. We're going to learn to be patient with our spouse. And we're going to take the time to learn the language of love that they have so that we can communicate on a whole nother level. Amen? All God's people said, amen. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City, or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. 
We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.